1: Get help with expenses that health insurance does not cover. Visit affleck.com to learn more. I'm not sure who's had more jobs, Seton or Paulie. Or who's had more interesting jobs, Ooh. Seton or Pauly. But like Seton worked at the airport. Yeah. He was a postman. Yep. Okay, those yeah. aren't exciting. Delivered flowers. Yeah. I was a security guard. I worked at a pharmacy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm... but Paulie was a bouncer. Yeah. DJ
2: at a country western nightclub.
1: And you sold beer at Scottsdale Stadium. Gosh, is that not the dream? I know. Miller Lite. I could use one right now. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. Miller Lite. Get it delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com Patrick. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces.
3: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality
4: simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash
3: metaverse impact.
2: You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
1: We make way for pro football focus lead draft analyst Mike Renner joining us to talk about his big board here. How often has your big board changed here in the last uh, week or so, Mike?
5: Oh, it's been moving. We just updated it this past Monday because uh, the athletic testing, especially for a lot of these guys that opted out, haven't seen in a while, it's still very important. I think the outliers on either end of the spectrum are impactful and that will alter the PFF board.
1: Okay, let's, uh, let's start at the top. Trevor Lawrence and then Zach Wilson. Any questions on Trevor Lawrence? No. I I mean,
5: he may not be the best quarterback ever. He may not be a top three quarterback in the NFL, but I think Trevor Lawrence, the selling point to him, he doesn't really have weaknesses. He's going to be maybe next year a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the NFL. You just feel very confident about that with all he's done already and the way his game translates to the NFL.
1: Well, he's also got to have some talent around him here, Mike. I don't care how good you are. If you put Patrick Mahomes in Jacksonville last year, he ain't Patrick Mahomes. Oh, 100%.
5: And the good news is, though, the Jaguars have all that draft capital, all that free, that's a cap space right now to make some plays and get some guys around them. And they have some talent there. They have a quality offensive line and guy like DJ Chark on the outside. I think they'll put those pieces around them. And obviously you have a head coach and Urban Meyer will play to his strengths.
1: All right. The Jets with Zach Wilson. Would you advise them to take Zach Wilson?
5: You cannot go into 2021 with Sam Darnold. And not not just because you don't think Sam Darnold's going to be that guy. He very well may, with better pieces around him, be one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. But as soon as he is, you'd have to pay Sam Darnold like you pay every other quarterback in the NFL. The Holy Grail right now in the NFL is that quarterback on the rookie deal playing at an elite level. That can be Zach Wilson. That can't be Sam Darnold because he's going to have to get paid after this year.
1: Yeah, then you have to franchise him or you have to give him that long extension. And any team, I don't know what he's going to be worth. I have some information on what I think the Jets think he's worth. Mm -hmm. But, you know, can you get that from somebody? Um, Then at number three, you got the Niners. They paid an awful lot to go up there. Did they need to go pay what they paid to get the guy they wanted at three?
5: They did. And it's because the desperation is because other teams were going to pay that. You look at teams like the Panthers, the Broncos, even the Eagles in this quarterback market. To get kind of your guy knowing that those were the top two, that Lawrence and Wilson are the top two, you had to pay a premium. And that's why I do think it's not going to be a Mac Jones. Mac -Mac Jones of the world, I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen, but that's a Kirk Cousins. That's a Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not the guy who's going above and beyond. I think they paid that premium for... The arm talent, the tools that someone like a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields brings to the table because they can run your offense, but then they can also do things outside your offense and open up the entire playbook that, like I said, Jimmy Garoppolo cannot do.
1: Well, that's why I wondered. And I read your profile on uh, Mac Jones. You didn't have a lot of great things to say. I think you mentioned his arm was middling. Like it's, uh, we, we've been told, like he's uh, really precise and he's the kind of quarterback that uh, Kyle Shanahan would want with the Niners. Is there an upside to Mac Jones? I think that's the thing, is
5: that he fits that offense. What he did at Alabama is very similar to what he'll be doing with San Francisco 49ers in terms of working over the middle of the field, working off play action, working in timing of the offense. He does those things exceptionally well. But, again, Kirk Cousins does those things exceptionally well. Derek Carr does those things. They don't go above and beyond because they don't have the arm strength. They don't have the physical tools. The guys who are winning in the NFL today, the guys who are leading the offense is like – The Packers, the Bills, the Chiefs this past season have legit arm talent and before you lump someone like Tom Brady into that, Tom Brady has a much, much stronger arm than a Mac Jones. Guys who are at that level of arm strength, you just have to almost protect and you even see it on kind of the routes he targets at Alabama. He's not working outside the numbers. He's not working go balls down the football field. He's only really working over the middle of the field. So He's not expanding your offense. He can run it. He can run an NFL offense, but I don't think he's going above and beyond to pay that
1: premium of three first-rounders for. it. If somebody takes Mac Jones in the first five picks, finish that sentence.
5: They're getting a good quarterback. You can win a Super Bowl with them. And like I said, quality quarterback play on a rookie deal is still so valuable because, say, look how much Kirk Cousins is making—thirty-five million dollars a year. Mac Jones at pick five will be making $5 million a year. You're saving yourself $30 million that you can go pay the, and fill out the rest of your roster. But I would rather have those four other guys.
1: If I said uh, Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Mac Jones, give me the order. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. I think you said it
5: there yourself. Fields, i don't i don't get the smoke around him not being one of the franchise type guys in this draft class like the way he played at ohio state at a high level against clemson this past year against alabama and yeah there's some bad games on his tape but he runs a 4-4 four, four and has a cannon and is very accurate down the football field and i get the ohio state quarterback knock but he is playing a vastly different offense than what dwayne haskins did dwayne haskins had over half of his yards after the catch. In his time at Ohio State, Justin Fields, 70% of his yards came through the air. That was the highest of any quarterback in the country. So playing a different game at the quarterback position than what we've seen from Ohio State QBs in the past.
1: And is Trey Lance a, a, a year waiting to maybe be a starting quarterback here? You're, you're taking somebody who, I guess, for the lack of a better term, a project? I think so. I, I think he's an
5: incredibly gifted athlete in terms of he's probably going to run around the four or fives, or that's what he's capable of. Probably the best pure runner at the position of draft class has the strongest arm of any quarterback in the draft class. And he is a very good decision maker with a football. Obviously he didn't have a single pick back in 2019, but gets the ball where it needs to go. He's just not particularly accurate only one year as a starter, coming from the competition level he's coming from, all those things, I would not want to throw him to the wolves right away. But he is the youngest of this bunch. He's not even 21 years old yet. What he could be when he's, you know, Mac Jones's age, Joe Burrow's age coming out, we don't even know yet. That's kind of what you're buying into with all the physical tools he brings to the table, very reminiscent of like a Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming.
1: He's Mike Renner, the uh, pro football focus lead draft analyst. I was watching uh, Kyle Pitt's Pro Day yesterday, and he makes it look pretty easy. Um, I know, it's, he's a, you know he's labeled a tight end, but it, it's kind of like a, a big wide receiver who's lining up at tight end here. If you look at Devontae Smith, I even had a scout yesterday say Jalen Waddell, in his opinion, is better than Devontae Smith. Uh, and he, he's the one who told me about Jamar Chase, said he'll be a bet, he's the better uh, wide receiver than Devontae Smith. So if you put them all together there, Pitts, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, rank those.
5: Well, one, I don't think you can go wrong. All those guys are stud NFL prospects. But on the PFF board, it goes Pitts, Chase, Waddle, and then Smith at the fourth. And it's because of the physical tools and what it takes to translate to the next level. And we're usually low on tight ends. There's not a lot of difference makers at the tight end position in the NFL. you got about three. But it's the three guys that can actually win one-on-one against NFL cornerbacks. And I think that's the biggest thing is because... If you have a guy like a Jason Witten or a Zach Ertz, all you need to do is put a big cornerback on them and they can't separate. That's not the case with Kyle Pitts. He was beating SEC cornerbacks like JC Horn. And so if you just called him a wide receiver, he'd probably be in that mix for the top wide receiver in this class. But you can't match up with him as a wide receiver. You have to match up with him as a tight end because he can actually block now. And another guy, he's only 20 years old. So he's an incredible talent, obviously going to go high. But then Chase is the guy who's kind of getting forgotten about because he opted out this past year. But as pro day, runs in the four threes, monster vertical, monster broad jump, an explosive guy. Uh, What he did, again, at 19 years old in the SEC, just different. And the Waddle thing, Waddle actually, when they were both healthy on the football field this past year, he had more yards than Devontae Smith, just could not stay healthy, is the more dynamic athlete. And again, no knock on Smith, but 170 pounders. That's going to show up more at the NFL level than it did in college. Guys are going to get more physical. Your average cornerback in the NFL is around 200 pounds, 30 pounds heavier than Devontae
1: Smith. That's just going to be more of an issue. Give me the stat or stats that we need to be aware of that make up uh, like a great wide receiver. Because McLovin says what receptions aren't important, right? Yes, okay. they're like hits in baseball. Okay, so give us what to look for. How do we uh, you know equate value at the, those positions? I think a big stat to look
5: forward wide receivers is age adjusted production and production being like yards per route, how much you're actually producing given the opportunities you're given. And so that's a Wait, stat. Mike, we have you
1: just at, made something up, didn't you?
5: <laughs> yards per route being like how often you're on the football field and how many yards you gained per the opportunities you were given. Because if you're an offense, like, LSU 2019, where you having 700 dropbacks and you have a ton of opportunities, your yards per route is going to be, or your total yards is going to be a lot different from that a guy who runs maybe at Navy, who's not getting in a lot of opportunities. And that's a vastly that's a egregious example. But and then the age adjustment is big because again, you've developed so much physically over the course of your career in college. You want the guys who can do it when they're not the physical freaks, the guys who are producing as freshmen and sophomores when they don't have that inbuilt physical advantage to speak to their innate talent level. The guys who it turns on late in their career when they're finally the guy who's you know, the man amongst boys, so to speak. Those are the guys you worry about because you won't be the man amongst boys once you are in the NFL.
1: Okay, give me the best receiver in football.
5: Whew. Right now, I will go with Tyreek Hill as the best receiver in football, the guy I would want more than anyone else with the way he changes the game
1: and the best tight end in football
5: best tight end in football is George Kittle all around when healthy because of his blocking plus his receiving ability
1: uh who's the worst
5: quarterback in football <laughs> the worst quarterback in football is Taysom Hill count as a quarterback at this point uh I, I guess Mitch Trubisky got a job still I'll go wait I'll go you're with not
1: him. sold on Taysom Hill as a quarterback
5: I am not sold. As much as Sean Payton wants to sell him to me, I'm not buying what he's selling at this point. He just you watch him try to throw like passing concepts that aren't play action deep shots or that like stuff that have to actually go through progressions to get the ball where it needs to go accurately and it's pretty brutal to watch.
1: Wow. Oh, Paulie wants to defend Mitchell Trubisky. Can I, you? You know, he's 29 and 21 as a starter. Not a lot of
3: people with that in his first four years.
1: Yeah, I think victories are overrated, Boom. too, right? Is that, <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think. I said, it, would agree with you, Dad. Yeah, yeah, victories are overrated. Yes, McLovin. Yeah, Taysom Hill won basically every game he started, too. What? What's up there? <laughs>
0: We'll let Give you go, defenses. Mike.
1: Mike, you don't have to. You don't have to <laughs> engage. It's okay. Like it's this is what I deal with every single day. Uh, uh, great to have you on. We will uh, we'll have you on before the draft if that's okay, Mike. We appreciate your time as always. For sure, Dan. Thanks for having me. On. That's Mike have Renner, you. Pro Football Focus lead draft analyst. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan
2: Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: And then they're never at any of those.
6: Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you you telling me? He's the whole time. (laughs) And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: There's nothing like a great night's sleep. Every great day starts the night before. Quality sleep can help boost your reaction time and recovery time and performance. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your one-of-a-kind, ever-evolving sleep needs. So, how do you take it to the next level? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you choose the ideal comfort, the firmness on each side. Two beds in one, that's your sleep number. Mine is 75. The beds automatically respond and adjust your movements, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed, only $1,599. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only to Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Affleck has the assist for you. Get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover. Visit affleck.com
0: to learn more.
1: Pride of Cincinnati, Ohio, played high school basketball there. Mick Cronin, the head coach of the UCLA Bruins, joining us on the program. Not enough people talk about your high school basketball career there, Coach. Uh, You know, I know you're playing for LaSalle, uh, all city there playing for your dad. Uh, Do you want to talk about uh, who who plays (laughs) the game the way you played when you were in high school?
7: Let's just say my team plays a lot better defense than I did. Okay. How tall your career? Wasn't it Mason? Yeah.
1: Dominated. Yeah. Domination. Yeah. But you read the stories, but we don't need to talk about my career. This is about your career. But (laughs) how tall were you in high school?
7: So (laughs) I haven't (laughs) grown same height, same weight, you know, five, five, seven, one fifty five.
1: And your dad is a, a high school legend as far as coaching. Right. He's got over 400 wins.
7: Yeah, very lucky, obviously, to uh, have great parents. Grow up the son of a coach, you know. Coach Huggins and I used to always say we were products of our environment. You know, when you grow up in a gym, you just you you obviously uh, there's the osmosis process. You're learning how to coach. You're learning how to deal with players. You're learning because you go home. You learn how to coach things. You're a player. You you hear what the other players say. Uh, so you 're really training on the job you just you just don 't know it until until the day you go to coach and you realize that like, you you know you probably were trained to do what you 're doing your whole life.
1: How cool is this that you get to share this with your father
7: oh it 's awesome you know it's I have a lot of friends in coaching obviously, and you know some some guys their you know, their dad's not around um you know, so for me, uh, just, just for him to get to enjoy this, to get you know to give back, you know, so many of us, you know, Midwest people, Cincinnati people, you know, it's uh, the West Side, hardworking people. You know, my my dad had three jobs, my mom worked full time. Uh, you know, so they, they put three kids through private school. I don't know how the hell they did it, uh, but they did it. So you know, when you give anything back to your parents. It's a great thing in life because obviously, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my parents.
1: If I told you a month ago that we would be talking today and it would have to do with uh, the final four, what would you have said?
7: I'd have said we got really hot from the three-point line, but <laughs> you know I wouldn't have said no chance. But I'd have said you know we we, we had to really get hot from the three-point line. So We're a smaller team, Dan, and uh, we got but we do have guys who can shoot the basketball. Uh, and then the other thing I would have said was boy we we, we really must have gotten better defensively like way better and that's really what's happened that's really the story of what's happened for us since halftime of the michigan state game uh, we've really just transformed defensively as a team
1: but also you know you look at this and it's hard to say ucla is a cinderella story but right i, I agree with you <laughs> but but it's still a cinderella this team is a cinderella story though coach
7: oh yeah no i i understand um I, you know, if we win those last four of the regular season, we're not a Cinderella and we could have won all those games. Uh, We had some really bad breaks down the stretch against really good teams. So, you know, that puts you down on the seed line and it makes you a Cinderella story. And then, look, you would obviously, as you know, Dan, in L.A., uh, you know, it's big names, you know, the Lakers. They don't go to the. They don't win title without LeBron or Kobe. Uh, you know Magic, Kareem. Same thing. You know the Bruins have had so many great, great players, uh, and we got very good players on this team. We got to see them, some guys that are developing their chances to be professional players. But the, you know Kareem's not walking through the door, Bill. <laughs> walking through the door so you, you know it's new for UCLA to to grind their way to a final four
1: what's it like though when you go into Pauley Pavilion you look up and you see all those banners
7: man it's awesome Dan it's awesome Every it's not day, intimidating I don't really look at it like that. I, I just you know maybe I'm too to uh my Irish toughness Um, doesn't allow me to, like, I don't think that way. I just think I look at opportunity. I think you can't, I should, if you're going to look at it in, in awe of, oh my goodness, you know, look what I have to live up to, um, you know, that you shouldn't take the job. Uh, but I did study everything that Coach Wooden said at the end, Dan. I mean, when I got the job, I stayed up late. And he, here's a quote from Coach Wooden. He, he said, the only person that had to, had to deal with my expectations should have been my the, the, the first guy that followed him, okay, um, which was Murray Bartow. But, you know, after that, you, you didn't follow John Wooden. And this is him talking. You know, So he said, if they're thinking that way, that, that that's the wrong way to think. So, uh, but anyway, you know, I just, maybe it's my stubbornness, but I just look at it as what an opportunity to coach where coach Wooden coaches. I've met all his family. They're texting me today already. That's um, great. Yeah. It's just so many cool people. I mean, I'm dead. I'm friends with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. How cool is that?
1: <laughs> He's uh, Mick Cronin, the uh, UCLA head coach, by the way, uh, this just in Roy Williams has announced his retirement. Are you being serious? Yeah, it just happened. Uh, yeah, Carolina just released this after 33 years as a Hall of Fame head coach, our beloved Tar Heels, wow. Roy Williams, announcing his retirement.
7: Well, I would say from the coaching community, uh, congratulations. Coach Williams is a great guy. And uh, side note, I mean, he's taken care of me, got me uh, hooked up down in Pinehurst to play some elite courses. <laughs> 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 so... Uh, I owe him now. He's going to be. I told him that now he's retired. Coach, come on out. We'll we'll, we'll play Bel Air. We'll play Riviera. We'll play L.A. North. Whatever you want, coach. Uh, Do
1: you bother showing Gonzaga tape to your players?
7: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, absolutely. One thing I can say, Dan, that you know, look, we're obviously we're a decided underdog. That's okay. Um, But in my Big East days, uh, when I was rebuilding Cincinnati. Unfortunately, I have a lot of experience in being a double-digit underdog, (laughs) you know, back in 06, 07, 08. uh, So, you, you know, I had to deal with that quite a bit. And we're not looking to do this, but there was many nights that uh, we got beat six that we could have got beat 36. So uh, I have dealt with that situation, Uh, but uh, we'll see. But, yeah, you you know, we'll approach the game uh, like any other, but also knowing it's going to be tougher than any other we've played this year. Uh,
1: How tough are you, though, to play for?
7: Oh, no, nah. I think, you know, what's funny, man, when you're passionate, what my players all know for my problem right now, my Cincinnati players want to come to the game. They've all, um, they've banded together, sent me text this morning. <laughs> they all want to come to the game. So like, I got ticket issues. Uh, when you're, passionate, <laughs> I think people think, look, he's all over them. What they don't, it's encouragement. 90% of it's encouragement, you know, is it, that you can guard him, you know, you can do this, uh, you know, I, I'm just extroverted with it. Uh, I'm outward with it. Um, so, you, you know, in practice, uh, you, you know, I think you got to bring energy. I learned that early. There's a great NBA legendary workout guy, Tim Gergerich. And kids, they want to they feel your energy. I learned that from him as a young guy when he was – gave me a chance to help him work guys out, Uh, you know, as you know, players want to feel a guy that's trying to help them get better. And, and that's how, you know, so they know that. So I'm not just barking at guys uh, to bark at guys. You know, kids wouldn't, they wouldn't respond to that.
1: But I remember, I, I don't know if I met you at the University of Cincinnati when Huggins was there, but you were like video coordinator. I think you started out there.
7: Yeah, for nine months. Then, then you know, then he got smart and promoted. <laughs> oh, he promoted you. <laughs> <laughs> but the
1: way Huggins held a practice was something unlike anything I'd ever seen before.
7: <laughs> yes. Right. I, yes, I totally agree. Um, how would you describe
1: how Huggins would <laughs> would hold those practices at Cincinnati?
7: Let's just let's just, you know, for uh, people on the outside, it's hard, you know, because so many people say, I can't believe you said that or that, you know, but players get it. I mean, you know, when you get especially guy you know, the guy guy locker room talk, it is what it is, Um, you know, in the outer world, academia would just don't understand it. you know, it's just how, how the kids talk, how it is at times. And, you know, again, coach, you know, Bob Huggins uh, coaches with love. And I give him a shout. I would not be here if it was not for him. But when you coach with love, uh, the, the kids know it. So, they, you know, they again, they know you're not messing with him. You're trying to bring out the, be- the best in him because they know he would do anything for his players, the same, the same as I would.
1: But I remember this is when Nick Van Exel was there.
7: Yeah. And
1: I just remember Huggins saying to the team as somebody who shouldn't have been shooting, he just gathered him and he, 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 you know, a couple of cuss words and then he goes, like, guys, this is your team. Do you want him shooting? Like, (laughs) like, and I, and I'm watching with the former Cincinnati great, the late Derek Dickey. And he said, just so you know, you're going to watch a practice and you're going to see something and hear something you'd never heard before. And he's saying to the players you guys are accountable for what goes on on the floor. Do you want yes. him shooting? And the answer is no. You So right in front of this poor guy, I don't want to mention his name, but he goes and... – Oh, I know who it was. I know who it was. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. It was just so honest. But, you know, to yes. be brutally honest, like you saw what happened with Coach Izzo in the hall. Yeah. you know, like you, he loves his players, but – can you coach like that? You know, you know, yeah. I mean, it's there. And the visual of what we saw, and right. we're all like, wow, coach, you know, get it yeah. together.
7: Yeah, the visual isn't good sometimes, again, because you're on the outside. But what I, I would say is uh, two things one, um, the kid the, 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 being honest. Unfortunately, Dan, sometimes we're the first person that's honest with them about their basketball abilities. And they need to hear that. You know, let me honestly say, you know, what do you want? Okay, what do you want to do? you want to play in the NBA? Well, let me honestly tell you that you cannot jump shoot your way to the pros. Everybody else has told you that. You are going to have to defend your way to the pros. If you brought my friend Corey Blunt, who was on that team, on this show, yeah, tell you that his agent told him – uh, almost 30 years ago now did he need to go show everybody he could shoot. And Bob Huggins stopped him and said, don't you dare do that at the NBA combine. Let him guess because you can't shoot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
7: you know, go rebound and block shots. And he's a first round pick and played 11 years in the NBA. So sometimes we're the first person to tell these guys the truth. Uh, and that, that, you know, that's just, you know it's unfortunate, but they need they need to hear it to give themselves a chance. And yeah, it's but the shot. I understand. You know, sometimes the, you know the visual of it's not always easy.
1: If if we had a um, coaches one on one of the final four coaches or three point, how do you uh, fare? The uh, so Mark I, Mark Few. You worried
7: about Mark Few one on one? I'd say I'd say I'm six to five.
1: Okay, all right, and that's one on one. What about three point shooting? So I'm six to five. Okay,
7: Uh you, I'm just are, are, you, you know, we're we're all in bad shape. I think you know. I think Kelvin wins. Most importantly, who wins on the golf course? And I I, I got a feeling Kelvin wins that one. Yeah. You know, we're, we're Coach Sampson. And I, you know, we 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 get great friendship. You know, I just got a feeling he's sandbagging We <laughs> up the play, but we're very close from our battles, Cincinnati and Houston. So it'll be interesting, you know. But the days come, we're finally going to, we're going to get to play. But I see, you know, we're, look, we're all in the same hotel, which is weird right? So, Coach, you know, Kelvin and I have been talking for the last three, you know, we've been in this hotel 18 days. You know, hey, keep winning, keep doing it, keep winning. We got to win one more to play again. How wild would that be?
1: Well, congrats so far there, Coach, and uh, good luck this weekend. We appreciate your time as always.
7: It's great to finally uh, be on. I've been a fan of the show for a long time. Well,
1: I just said you need to go with one name, McCronin. (laughs) Like just M-C-C-R-O-N-I-N. Like, doesn't it sound like a like a cop show on CBS or maybe a movie
7: with Jason Statham McCronin. I like No, I, I like that. I mean, he, you know, I've seen some of his girlfriends in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to play me. I'm, I'm all, you call whatever you want. So. I like uh, I like that. From uh, one Irishman to another, I appreciate
1: it. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Mick. Bye, buddy. That's uh,
2: Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Basketball fans know that things can be a little crazy this time of the year. Anything can happen. Last-minute buzzer beaters. Gaps in health coverage. But when the last one happens, you need Affleck to help you bounce back from the expenses health insurance doesn't cover. You may have seen the Affleck Duck working with some pretty famous coaches. But did you know Affleck is a leader in supplemental insurance? Look, Health insurance wasn't designed to cover everything. So when an illness or injury happens, you can be hit with medical bills that some people don't have the cash on hand to pay. That's where Affleck comes in to help. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. Affleck pays cash that can be put towards medical expenses like copays, or even non-medical expenses like groceries or rent. It's never a good idea to try to play through an injury or illness and that's why you got to level up your defense. When there's gaps in health coverage, Affleck has the assist for you. Get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover. Visit affleck.com to learn more. Embrace the new year with a new style of whiskey. Keeper's Heart, the official whiskey of the Dan Patrick Show, brings together the smoothness of Irish whiskey with the boldness of American whiskey. It's a new style of whiskey and perfectly balanced taste experience. In just two years, Keeper's Heart has already earned over 130 awards. They must have just won 10 more because last week it was 120. Everybody is finding out about the world's best Irish whiskey. They have that prestigious title. Now, the legendary distiller is Brian Nation. He's the one who started Jameson and uh, Red Breast Whiskey. So he comes over to the United States and he creates this in two years. They are an award-winning team. Machine. And as we approach St. Patty's Day, no better choice than Keeper's Heart to celebrate the occasion. The perfect blend of smooth Irish and bold American whiskeys creating a wonderfully balanced taste profile. Go to Keeper'sHeartWhiskey.com and use the code DAN24 for $10 off. And remember, sip responsibly. You know what I did last summer? I went to
3: Italy, and it was awesome. And you know what I did before that that was even more awesomer? I downloaded the Viator app, and I set up a bunch of great experiences for me and my family to enjoy. Like, we knew we were going to Rome, so I booked a day trip, a walking tour of ancient Rome. It was absolutely fantastic. We were heading up after that to Cinque Terre. I booked a boat cruise for the day, checked out all five villages. It was absolutely gorgeous. Speaking of gorgeous... Uh, They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. There's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation and payment options and 24 seven service. Download the Viator app now and use the code Viator 10 for 10% off your first booking on the app. One app over
1: 300,000 travel experiences. You'll remember do more with Viator. Wyatt Russell set to join us. He comes from uh, Hollywood royalty. His dad, uh, the great actor, Kurt Russell, and his mom is uh, Goldie Hawn. And, uh, why it joins us? Do you do you feel like a superhero? <laughs> you,
4: you tell me. Do I look like a superhero? <laughs> no, you, no, you don't. Like, In disguise. This is, this is my this is my lighting setup, Dan. This is my ring light.
1: Wow, it's very professional. Well. Very professional.
4: Yeah. I'm the only person to ever actually have marvel take money from me after the movie uh
1: how did this happen why you're you're captain america
4: yeah it it was i I don't know i i I, they called and said like hey come in and read for a a person and then for like a marvel character they don't tell you who you're going to read for and then you do it and they're like great you're the guy and then and then it's like Oh, thank you. Who's the guy? <laughs> who am I gonna? Who am I gonna play? And then they tell you. And first it was like, well, I don't know. You know, it's like well, Chris Evans is the man, and he did the. I don't want to do that. And they're like, oh no, it's not really that. And they explained to me what the character was. And so um, after they explained it, I was like, okay, that could be that could be pretty cool.
1: But how do you act like a superhero in the audition?
4: Uh, i i i didn't because they do a good job of making like it's not you're not a suit it would be amazing if they gave you a suit and said okay now (laughs) now do your best to fly around the room and and uh that would be incredible but they just they just give you like a scene that to to, to act in and then they decide whether or not
1: you're going to be a superhero or not also just regular dialogue Yeah, it's just
4: regular dialogue. I like it's not. It's really nothing. There was no special circumstance to how they decided whether who was going to be the guy or not.
1: But how how much did you know about what Chris Evans had done as Captain America?
4: I didn't know it, other than what I other than what not living under a rock, you know,
1: yeah,
4: um, that like you know it's huge and everybody loves it, and, and the interesting thing that I. Said a lot, and I think maybe some people can relate. Is I, I didn't grow up loving comic books. My superheroes were athletes. It was like Joe Sackett, and Peter Forsberg and Sergei Fedorov and Mark Jemadar. They were like superheroes. You know that those were my superheroes. Bo Jackson was a superhero. Deion Sanders was a superhero, and so I didn't ever that I didn't connect to comic books in any way, and you know, say what you want about it, but I just did not. And so when it came around to doing it, I only knew Marvel from the movies. I, I didn't know them from the comics that much. I, you know, they were, they were always just funny guys in tights and shields. And then when I saw the movies, it was like, oh, they're doing a great job of making it, you know, cool and, and more relatable. So I just didn't know that much about it. And, and then you Google stuff and it's like, don't do that. Cause you'll go down a <laughs> rabbit hole. You'll never come out. of.
1: But <laughs> we liken it to taking over, for Tom Brady. Like you're, you're, you're taking over for Chris Evans. You're taking over for Tom Brady. No pressure whatsoever. Right. And,
4: and and I feel, I feel terrible for whoever has to take over for Tom Brady. You know, it's like, Oh my God, good luck. You're going to fail. And, and so that's was part of the, part of the trepidation. And then when they told me what the character was, it was like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. There's an interesting aspect that I can't give away that, um, you know, is, it does, you do liken it to that. He created the MCU or helped it with all those guys. And and so when you're coming in, you're going, well, I hope I can just do the thing that I do. And then, but you guys know me from even coming in last time. It's like, I'm the last person in the world who thought I would be doing this. This is not what I thought I'd be doing, but
1: here I am. But when did you embrace acting? I mean, obviously with your parents, you know, being famous, but at what point, cause you were, you were a hockey player. Did you all of a sudden go, okay, I'll give in. I'll be an actor now.
4: Um, when I basically, when I got, basically when I got hurt, to be honest, is I had done little stuff for friends here and there. I, I had done a movie and a, a small part of a movie and an agent, my agent my the current agent saw it and said, is that guy represented by anybody? He called me. This is when I was playing hockey in Germany. And he said, are you, do you want representation? Do you want to be in movies? And I was like, well, that's not what I do really, but maybe commercials. He was like, that's not, that's not what I do, but okay. Nice to meet you. See you later. Take, have a nice life. And then when I got hurt, uh, it was like, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to coach or am I going to, what, what am I going to do? So I spent a few months off and then came back and called him and said, look, I might want to want to do this, but, um, I'll give it a shot. And I guess when it really happened, I was 20 years old. I got hurt. I, they thought I broke my neck. It was a disastrous story. I'm in a hospital for, for overnight. And they took a, you know, scan of my neck. It was a bad, bad night. And, um, and during that night, to be honest, it was like, well, maybe I won't play hockey forever. It was that first sort of, you know, every athlete, I think when they get real hurt for the first time, you have that thought of, um, this could be over like that. You know, it's not, it's not forever. So that was when I first sort of started entering my mind was I can remember the night
1: <laughs> who is more apt to give you advice, your mom or your dad on acting. Uh,
4: no one gave me advice. You know, it's like, no one gave me, it, it, it's, it's really difficult to give advice for acting. I feel like because it's so subjective. It's not like a, it's not, it's if your dad was Peyton Manning and you're a quarterback, right. And that's kind of a get in certain ways what it's like you you're not it's very difficult to give that child some form of like here's how i did it because you're different you're a different person you're not going to give the the you're not going to give the same advice to everybody and everybody's different so the advice was always pretty easy it was like if you think you can be good in a movie and you think that you can make the movie better then do it it's just like a sports team and then 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 make make the team better if you can't then don't do it you know, don't bring the, don't bring the team down.
1: He's uh, Wyatt Russell. He plays John Walker, the newly christened Captain America. It's Marvel and Disney's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I got all that right. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was You're killing it. Uh, how good do you think your dad was in Miracle?
4: He, uh, how good do I think my dad was in Miracle? I, I, I think he, I think he should have been nominated for an Academy Award. It, when when you have the grandkids of it's a Disney movie and it's all that, so it's not going to get that kind of thing. But if if you have the grandkids of Herb Brooks saying, "Look, granddad on the screen," Ooh. you've done something right. And and he and he had said before he said before that he re, his father died. My grandfather died while he was showing that movie. Uh, and to give you an idea of what my dad's like, what my dad's like, and sort of what you know, burb like uh when he, d- he passed away it was like oh we're we gonna shut down filming and, and my dad was like no i'm gonna you know i'm gonna give me five minutes i'm gonna skate around and we're gonna continue doing it because that's what we do we go to work when you work and uh and so he realized in that moment that he's like wow i'm playing my grand, i'm playing my father and he was playing as he, he was playing his dad so he connected to Herb on many different levels. And when I watch that movie, it's, I, I I look at it as one of the better, you know, biopic performances I've seen in a while.
1: Did you want a cameo in uh, that movie? Did you ask for one since it was a hockey movie?
4: No, they, they wanted me to. And I, because I was playing hockey in Vancouver. So there was times where they were like, why don't you come out and, and do some of this stuff? And I was like, ah, it was the last thing in the world you wanted to do is we had a couple of players leave the team to go be in the movie because they could make money. And, and it was, di- it was like, then they cut, then they came back and wanted to play. And it was like, sorry, you're, you're, you're out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you made your choice, dude. <laughs> you, you, you decided to be an actor instead of a hockey player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> McLovin has a question for you because he said, look, I'm going to be able to speak to Wyatt on a different level than you will. Okay. Uh, so he's our Marvel guy. And yeah. he said that he could nerd out with you. So McLovin, no. your question for Wyatt. Um, no, no, no.
4: I'm, you're going to know so much more than me. It's going to be, it's not going to be a fun conversation. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know
1: what you're doing here. Don't, don't play it
4: down. Okay. Are you currently, or have you ever been a member of Hydra? I'm talking about your character here. Well, these are all questions that, first of all, I, I, I don't know, and second, it's easier for me to not know to say, I don't know, because I can't say it anyway. Or else I knew you could. Then the two men outside my window will drag me off, and you'll never see me again.
1: What is, What does that mean, McLovin? Oh, see, that's the thing, White. I don't work with Marvel guys, so Hydra is this
4: criminal organization that has been against Captain America for many, many, many years, mm. and they sort of are looming in the background of the first two episodes, which are awesome, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. Everyone says it, says it's been great. I haven't seen him. I'm like, to find it impossible to watch myself in that suit. So I, I don't. I haven't watched it, but I take it from other people's I take it from from other people's mouths that they're liking it. So that's yeah, but good. get
1: get I, used to this, Wyatt. This is what you're going to face when you go out for coffee, and then you know the paparazzi is going to be there at Starbucks when you come out
4: no one knows who I am. It's fantastic. No one, it's unbelievable. I I think when I walk around and I look like this, no one
1: knows any clue. It looks like you're trying to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, the uh, quarterback.
4: (laughs) Right. Yeah. By the way, like I'd much rather be mistaken for Ryan Fitzpatrick than for Captain America. Have Um,
1: have you worn the outfit home for your wife? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm, I'm sure
4: she would maybe ask for a divorce. If I were or at home, shoot my, my, the quest, there'd be too many questions to answer as to why I was doing it. I have a legitimate question okay. for you guys. Okay. So I, I want to know All
1: right.
4: how to the penny, how much was the fritzy cone of shame? How much did it cost to install that thing? Because it has a beautiful rate of descent. When it goes, when you mean it goes
1: down. you mean this curtain that's going down on Fritzy <laughs> Are right really now? You really gonna do this to me? Yeah. Yes.
4: I can you know, I, I can't don't like see to... it, but it just seems like it must have been like twelve grand. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been something expensive.
1: I truly don't know how much it cost. I do know <laughs> that the guy who was installing it couldn't understand why I wanted it. And I just said, this is what I want. It's a cone of silence. <laughs> and I think the velvet was the expensive part of this. All of the fabric that I made for Fritzie's Cone <laughs> of Silence. But, but yes. thank you for of all the questions you could ask, Wyatt. Thank you for, uh, for asking that question. It's, it's great you. to talk to you. And uh, good luck with the baby and the family.
4: Thank you so much. Take care, guys.
1: That's uh, Wyatt Russell. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show
2: weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
3: When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
1: The human soul requires a minimum daily requirement of entertainment. But listening to a podcast? Like what you're doing now? Yeah, that doesn't count. Welcome to the world of MGM Rewards, where they have the greatest live shows on earth, the biggest names in sports, the best chefs on the planet, and the most unforgettable nights of your life. This is way beyond watching a 20-second clip on your phone. This is all the entertainment you could handle, and then some. So, join MGM Rewards now and visit mgmresorts.com to book your next Vegas getaway. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History ebay motors is here for the ride your elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love transformed hundred thousand miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own brake kits led headlights whatever you need ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber